Casey. What? I have to go back in time. There's there's something wrong with the podcast. I'll explain later. I just have to fix it. Okay, you go. Hey, you with the gun. Stop shooting near my house every time 39 minutes and 11 seconds comes up. You're getting real fucking annoying. Oh yeah, buddy, you want a piece of me? Yeah, I'm going to take that gun from you. Oh shit, he He's dead now. And now that pesky gunman will never be featured on Mind Over Movies ever again. I'm I'm back. You <laughs> What did you uh did you finally kill that annoying fucking guy shooting guns outside our windows 39 minutes into the podcast? Yes. <laughs> nice. I was so getting... anyway. <laughs> uh anyway, we definitely had no editing mistakes in Mind Over Movies ever. And if we ever did, not my fault. Yeah, exactly. And also, not your fault, COVID-19. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, pretty much nothing's Mind Over Movies' fault. But oh, yeah. uh, I, I think I should take a moment to acknowledge Casey and I, for the first time in a while, aren't in the same room again. Um, so, if there are any weird editing choices they're all artistic and they have nothing to do from the fact that editing um two different audio tracks is hard definitely it has nothing to do uh, yeah mom's always been a very uh artistic podcast anyway I like that oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah do you remember our uh our dune episode i mean you, you really reached new heights there with the with the with what was that was the Edward Cullen episode wasn't it? Yes, that was. <laughs> yes, that was good. That was good. I was very proud of myself for that edit. I, uh, it was very hard to do as well. Um, but, yeah, I imagine that was a bitch and a half to make happen. Oh yeah, but hey, you know, art, good art takes consequences. You do it for the art. And speaking of the art, um. When you were smelling your own farts this week, did you happen to catch a film? <laughs> uh, I caught one film. Uh, one? One movie. Yeah, I've been out behind. in the wild. Out in the wild. Tamed it just like that. What? Which? Uh, which fancy looking film feature presentation did you catch? Uh, I caught a little movie. It was in 1993 called Tombstone, with oh Val Kilmer and. Pretty much everybody, <laughs> uh, everybody was in this fucking movie. It was great. It was great. I really liked it. It was some nice, um, unreconstructed western stuff. Um, it was real fun. Um, Val yeah. Kilmer. Val Kilmer was obviously that's amazing uh, performance. Doc Doc Holliday is like the best character in that movie by far. Like I can't even tell you who Kurt Russell was, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, he was Wyatt Earp. Oh, Wyatt Earp, right. Yeah. And there's, there's a separate Wyatt Earp feature out mm -hmm. there with, like, Kevin Costner, I think, covering yeah. a lot of the same events as Tombstone. There is. It was It was not 
received as well as Tombstone was, though. There is an odd amount of movies that happen like that. Like Capote and like came out, and then the next year there was another movie about Truman Capote writing in Cold Blood. And right. it's like, what? Like, who isn't talking behind the scenes? Like, what studios are not calling each other to make sure that no one's making a very specific and niche biopic? Like, <laughs> right. excuse me? <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> that happens a lot. I think it's, it's, uh, it's, it's like acquisition of like, I don't know. It's like probably like writers writing like similar things at the same time. Um, but there's no like, um, you know, there's no, what's the word I'm looking for? There's no set in stone rule that like studios own a certain like property, I guess. Like you can't own uh, a person. So like yeah. you can like own the rights to a specific script that's a biopic about that person. But any studio can come along and make a fucking movie about whatever the fuck they want. It just can't resemble completely the other studio's project, um, which... Capote is like got popular, uh, or not? Not Capote. Well, I mean, Capote's popular now because everybody's into true crime. So obviously, that's that was going to be a big hit for studios trying to get their hands on some sort of story for that. That's true. That's yeah. true. But what did you watch? What did you watch? I watched a bunch this week. Actually, I was I was probably my most active that I've been in a while. Um, I did. I did see on your letterbox a few of them. Yeah, yeah. So what? Uh, a pretty noteworthy one. Well, hold on. Actually, to transition from uh, Tombstone, I watched one of the great modern westerns this week. It, it was like my third time watching it. I love fucking No Country for Old Men. Just wanted to give it a quick shout out and say it's a perfect movie. Oh and, hell yeah! Uh, the Coen Brothers, uh, they treated us so well with that. How do you feel about No Country for Old Men? Have we ever talked about it? We haven't talked about it in length. I know we've mentioned it. I really like No Country for Old Men uh, a lot. That's a another Cormac McCarthy novel. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I think probably my favorite. No, no, my favorite Coen Brothers is still probably Oh Brother. But it, but honestly, yeah. No Country is a very close contender. Um it's great. I love it. In terms of it being like a neo-western, I think it's the best fucking one. I hate the term neo-western, but it's true. Like, it's what it is. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I like, I agree with you. It's a, it's a, it's a damn perfect movie. It's fucking toit. But people yeah. do seem to bring up issues with the second act, or I like the second half of the movie a lot, which, I mean, <sighs> I, feel like I get it. It's not as entertaining. Oh, I, I mean, yeah, it's like... But that's where all the thought-provoking stuff is. That's where the title, No Country for Old Men, yeah. gets its name. You know, it's all the Tommy Lee Jones shit. Right. I mean, honestly, I love it. I, I love it all. And that's just one of the finest movies ever made. And, I mean, same year as fucking There Will Be Blood. I feel like they're two oh. sides of the same coin, you know? Yeah. I would have loved to uh, be an old enough, as old as I am now, for 2007's uh, award season. That shit would have been crazy. Yeah, man, that would have been awesome. And I mean, also having a podcast in 2007 might be like a really groundbreaking thing. We would like, I know, really right? Be popping off. <laughs> I mean, shit. Uh, and speaking of westerns and also uh, Johnny Greenwood scores, I, uh, I finally caught uh, Power of the Dog last night. Oh, yes. Let's go. And 
I really dug Power of the Dog. Like, honestly, I I feel weird talking about it now because I feel like your thoughts about the movie can't be complete without a second viewing. I mean, just the whole way it's set up and the payoff at the end is just like go back and rewatch it and analyze shit that happened, you know, sure. in a different light. Um, I mean, it's got probably the best hula hooping scene in all of cinema. So, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's saying something for you. True. I forgot that that was in there. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, this was my first Campion flick. So I've got to say I am mega impressed by her ability to, to tell stories visually, you know, like, this is based on a book, but I would say at no point are you confused, like what a character is thinking, you know, there's so much introspection and there's so much deep thought and there's so many like lingering shots. And I mean, she spells it out for you, like what might be on their mind without them outright speaking it. Um, right. And honestly, I just, I love the performances in this movie. Benedict Cumberbatch is great as, as honestly, always but i do clown on him for his dr strange voice but i i I really (laughs) dug him here i and i think he's even still doing a pretty similar accent but like right it's good good. yeah i i Um, I love his performance in that movie so much no yeah honestly it should be getting award season buzz i feel like yeah really it really should really think it's awesome um and kirsten dunst for that matter too i thought she killed it oh yeah best supporting actress my best supporting actress vote goes for goes for her in power of the dog that's my first pick um and i I can't remember the uh peter's actor's name but Mm -hmm. he was he was really good too as well as jesse plemons who was just like he can't he can't go wrong i know it's so good uh but yeah i mean i'll probably end up watching it again this year and and having an even more conclusive opinion on it but it definitely broke my top 10 I have it at number six currently. And oh, hell yeah. It could, it could have climbed higher on a second watch, to be honest. I, I really dug it. Let's go. I'm, I'm, that's exciting. Um, and speaking of movies from last year that I just caught, I also saw Zola, which oh. um, best possible outcome for a movie based on a Twitter thread, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've heard. <laughs> I, I, I really... I really liked Zola. It was just very entertaining from from the start. It's like the perfect length. Well, yeah. almost. It does drag a little bit. And and mm-hmm. that's a qualm I have with it is that there are definitely some parts that are more entertaining than others. And, um, you know, there are some choices that I really liked. And there are other choices that I felt dragged out the runtime a little bit and uh, or felt a little obnoxious. But for the most part... I, I would say Zola was a very exciting feature, and it's got some very interesting social commentary. What with um, Elvis Presley's granddaughter doing a a black scent, you know, um, mm-hmm. she, basically her character in the movie is like uh, emulating, um, you know, a very sp- specific type of of uh, African American speech, and it's it's kind of a subject of controversy. Because, I mean, it's an intentional choice by the actress to show how trashy this girl is. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, Elvis Presley, her grandfather, famously stole uh, (laughs) songs from black artists and got famous off of it. So, I mean, that's just a whole interesting element of the movie I wouldn't have thought about if it weren't for the internet very quick (laughs) to point out those relations and those things. (laughs) 
That I don't sucks. Know. So, <laughs> yeah, that does suck. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. The movie doesn't suck. I quite like it, and I and I think that um, Riley Coe is not her grandfather, you know, and she's she's great in the movie. And I I, I mean like I totally get what she's going for, uh, and also uh, Taylor. Um, Oh crap! Taylor Page, I think her name is. It oh, plays yeah. Zola in this movie. She's fucking awesome. Coleman Domingo, uh, from Euphoria's in it, and then cousin Greg from fucking Successions in there. Have you seen Succession? I haven't seen it yet. No. Oh my gosh! Nicholas Braun uh, is in that show, and he's also in this. He's a great actor. You should definitely um, track down all of his stuff. Okay. I'm sorry, I've I've watched so many movies. I'm just gonna like blare through them. Uh, also from last year, first watch, I, I saw Lamb. Oh, yeah. Have you caught Lamb yet? I haven't caught it yet. I really want to, though. Uh, definitely a 24 slow burn. Um, lots of beautiful mountain Iceland scenery. Uh, <laughs> pretty wild where it ends up going at the end. I, I just don't want to talk about it too much because I think people should watch it and experience for themselves. But... I definitely do feel like it dragged on a bit. You know, they definitely brought the slow burn elements out. And I don't, I, I can't say that I always thought it was justified. And right. uh, anyone going in expecting a horror movie will be severely disappointed. That wasn't me. Cause I mean, I see a 24 and I'm like, okay, this could be any multitude of things and this is foreign. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, for probably sure. not. Um, <laughs> but that doesn't mean it's not disturbing. And uh-huh. there, there are definitely a lot of, elements of lamb that i'm thinking of uh still so i mean I w- i'd recommend to watch but I-, I can't say that i'll be revisiting it ever gotcha um, but yeah, yeah. Still, still definitely worth checking out i've heard it's not like the best a24 no. film you know it's um i'm still excited to see it because it, it's weird it looks weird enough and it looks it looks like it's right up my alley so i'm still excited to see it but um i did you know it's definitely one of the mid a24 movies is what i'm hearing i just i, I want to get ahead of the press real quick the microphone's on my belly okay uh, and if if a poot was heard or or maybe a tummy rumbly <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> okay get ahead of just, the getting press. A, just getting ahead of the press on that one okay <laughs> before the gunman is revealed again that the Oh shit! Sorry, you you won't understand that reference. <laughs> you wouldn't get it. <laughs> you wouldn't get it. <laughs> nice. Speaking of amazing DCEU films, and you'll agree with me on this one since it was your number one film of last year, Suicide mm. Squad. I rewatched that. Still really like it. You have you have you molded over anymore? Do you do you care no. anymore? No. no. I've molded over, and I've still decided that I don't care. And I even care less now that the Peacemaker show is out. Oh, man, I rewatched it for Peacemaker. Well, really? And also because my dad hadn't seen it, so. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I I saw that they they did a they did a uh, opening dance number for Peacemaker. Um, yeah. And that just annoyed the shit out of me. Um, and I watched the Ooh. scene, and I was like, I'm, no, I'm good. What's I'm, annoying about it? Uh, just the fact that it's Peacemaker and it's coming from the Suicide Squad and they decide to open it up with a dance number to be as wacky as they possibly fucking can be. I just said, no, thank you. I'm good. Fuck I know it you, will man. annoy me if I watch it. I'm sorry. Um, no, that's okay. I'm not going to dedicate any of my time to that fucking the, shit. 
Well, that's good. That's good. You know, I mean, at least if you don't like something, just don't engage with it. I'm, right. I think I'm sick of the discourse around that dance scene that I that I have the misfortune of seeing on Twitter sometimes. Wait, there was like, discourse around it? Yeah, fucking DCEU fans. It's Snyder Boys, mainly. The Snyder oh. Boys will come out of the woods anytime a new DCEU project comes out and trash it for whatever. That's, that's true. You know, they can. And the dance scene is specifically what they were targeting. They were like, how did we go from this? And it was actually a pretty nice shot from Batman v Superman of Batman, like, flying through the sky. Taken out of the comic books, though, so it's not right. Snyder's original fucking thought um <laughs> they compared that shot to like the dance sequence shot and it's like okay one of these was made with imax in mind the other was made with a television screen and yeah. also do we want things to be uniform in tone like everything be very dark or weren't we just praising the dceu for having varying tones i mean like which right. is it like what do we want <laughs> I just think people are so annoying because they they can never decide that they want anything and they just want to complain about everything. It's like, yeah, (laughs) I I agree. I think the what the Snyder like there's nothing inherently wrong with the dance sequence. I just know that it's not for me and it will annoy the shit out of me if I try to watch the show. I just know I won't like it. So, but I think what the Snyder fanboys are mad about is that it's just not Zack Snyder like. They want to wallow in the pits of self-pity and despair, which is all of Zack Snyder's films. So, I mean, or at least all of his DCEU films. So, Well, I, I, I just want to break it to, like, anyone. Well, no one's going to listen, and it wouldn't quell them anyway. But, like, it was in no way James Gunn's decision to, like, not go through with Joss, wait, not Joss Whedon, but we'll get to him. I feel like we should talk about him. Uh, uh, but Zack Snyder's Justice League, like he, he's not the one who started the Snyder erasure. Neither is any DC artist who works for the company. Like yeah. none of them are, you know, actively destroying Zack Snyder's vision or anything. They're just doing what they're paid to do, making movies in their style. Like if it's not for you, I mean. Yeah. Watch it once, say you don't like it, and you never have to return to it again. Go back to the stuff you like. Right. You I know, mean, there's four hours of Justice League. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're good. You're right. I was just going to make it like a joke. Like back in the old days, when the studio didn't like something, they would just burn the negatives, and then we never got that back. The Snyder fans yeah. would not survive in 1932. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> you're so right. I don't even think a film like. Zack Snyder's Justice League could be made in 1932. No one was brilliant enough to be Zack Snyder yet. So. Uh, that's very true, yeah. <laughs> Nobody was edgy enough to be. That That is still the hot take I probably agree with the most from last week, is that uh, Zack Snyder is pretty trash. Yeah. But not all the time, but most of the time. Mm, yeah, pretty much all the time, yeah, for me at least, but. Yeah, it's I the agree. fans too, man. It is it's the, the fans. fans, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, before we talk about Joss Whedon or our main topic, yeah. I do. I just I have to mention it because it's dear to me. I watched Watership Down. Uh, have you ever uh, heard of it? I have heard of it. It's on my watch list. Yeah, it's like the most metal movie about bunnies ever, man. Yeah, I uh, so uh, <laughs> so I've heard. I've seen a couple <laughs> scenes from it, so. <laughs> 
Dude, I mean, that shit fucked me up when I was a kid because it's got more gore than, like, your average children's movie. And that's actually the interesting thing about the original book is he couldn't get it published anywhere because they were like, well, no child is going to enjoy this because it's too fucking adult and no adult's going to enjoy this because it's a book about rabbits. Like, (laughs) (laughs) really, dude? Right. uh, I mean, he proved them wrong. I mean, Watership Down is one of the best-selling British novels of all time. And it's been remade, I think, for television twice now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Netflix did a show a couple of years ago. I'd never heard anything about it, though. Just that it looked like PlayStation 2 graphics. Yeah, I didn't hear anything about it either. I, did, I do remember, didn't we talk about how it looked bad on we, one of the episodes? We might have. I think it was, like, late 2020 or... yeah. Yeah, it definitely was. Yeah. Because you told me to watch the original, not to bother with the show that they're coming out with. That's right. That's right. While I rewatched the original, I can say you should still watch it. I will. If you want, you could even read the book. But who has time for that? (laughs) (laughs) I've got too many books Uh, to read. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, man. Watchmen. Watchmen. True, 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 true. I just hate to know that Snyder's in your brain, man, ruining it every day. I well, know. what if you hate the graphic novel, too? That'd break my heart. <laughs> that'd, that'd kill me. There's no telling I might. I doubt I will. I doubt I will. But Okay. Hey, baby, don't worry. I can't get hurt by you no more. <laughs> you shouldn't. <laughs> um, did you see, though, this, uh, this Joss Whedon interview? Yeah, it went a little something like, it's not my fault, it's their fault. Goodbye. And I was like, okay, that's great. (laughs) That was fucking crazy. Like, he had years to prepare to respond to these allegations, and the best he could come up with was like, Gal Gadot doesn't speak enough English, and she misunderstood what I meant. Mm. Like, really? (laughs) Yeah, or that one really didn't sit well with me. I was like, "Are are we? Are you kidding me right now?" Like yeah. Gal Gadot of all people, like she's you that you can't use that as an excuse. Like I don't know, it's stupid. I yeah, like she she's clearly fluent with like an accent, but she's fluent. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. The 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 other aspect, like the other thing, is he really doubled down on Ray Fisher calling him a bad actor in multiple senses, essentially calling him a bad person. Too. Yeah. Which, oh my God, dude. Like, really? You're under investigation for, like, onset abuse. The studio has been lobbed with, like, racism accusations, and you're and you're going to call Ray Fisher just, like, a bad person? Too. I, I just can't believe, like, this is the logical response that he came up with. And I also can't believe that I ever liked... Joss Whedon like it makes me feel disgust in retrospect that like works of his that I liked like Firefly and the Avengers even and mm-hmm. shit like that but, I mean there there was a time where I, I did feel like he was our champion and I and I don't know why yeah. anymore like what what happened <laughs> yeah I, I know he I don't know like I, I do um he, he does have some like movies that are like you know genuinely enjoyable really i'm just thinking of his work on avengers which was was amazing but um it's pretty solid but i haven't revisited it since i was like 14 you know like 
Uh-huh. I think I saw Avengers like four or five times back in 2012, and I, I can't say that I've ever rewatched that original movie since. Yeah, I definitely have. I've watched it a good handful of times uh, since it's been out, and it, it always holds up, and it always seems to be just as good as I remember it, which it's a five-star movie for me. Um, oh, yeah, man. So, like, yeah, it's great. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> his work on the Justice League is what, what undid everything. That's when the allegations uh, started uh, coming out. Um was what was around that wasn't it wasn't not around that time when he was yeah um, yeah when he was doing I mean, justice league yeah especially when the snyder cut was getting you know pressure to release that hashtag trending like i think that's around yeah. the time ray fisher was like this happened and then gal gadot followed and was like hey he threatened my career and then someone from buffy the vampire slayer was even like oh he's been doing it since back then and so i, I it's like come to light that that's always been the case. Like, this has always yeah. been his onset behavior. Which, I mean, let's fucking get these problematic directors, too. Like, mm-hmm. well, and I don't mean, like, in a mob mentality culture, cancel culture, like, sense. But, like, a lot of shitty actors with piss poor onset behavior have been, you know, finally paying the price for being assholes all the goddamn time. Right, um, right. Like, Jeff Garland, I think, is getting into a heap of trouble for his behavior on several sets. Uh, so let, let's let's see these sets get safer for people. Like, fuck people like Joss Whedon. Kick them out. We don't want them, you know? Right, don't right. Don't let these people make movies. Uh, especially a guy who writes, like, all of the movies um, he makes are late 90s feminist movies, which are horribly dated by taste in it. True. Very true. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I'm interested to see how it continues to play out. Obviously he doesn't have a job anymore. Um, but I'm interested to see what else he says or if there's any legal proceedings with this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder, uh, he, he might make another triumphant, uh, interview and be like, Oh, everything in that first interview was just a misunderstanding. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> True. The interviewer didn't speak. Uh, English wasn't her first language. She didn't understand me. I, I use flowery language a lot. She just misunderstood me when she was writing it down. You know? like that, was, uh, that was fucked up for her. Yeah. Uh, what a piece of shit. I hope he doesn't make movies anymore. Uh, speaking of pieces of shit <laughs> I don't know I don't know how to transition out of these things all the time Casey I'm just you do your best lad. yeah <laughs> I do I do and my best is pretty shitty <laughs> no no um, baby hey we we have a we have a slight topic today just we a do little mini baby it's a little mini uh, baby there's a trend going on on uh Instagram and Twitter 10 movies that define me. Uh, and I thought that looked really cute and fun. So we're mm-hmm. doing it. <laughs> yes, but yes, yes. we're going to do five because when you put five and five together, what's that make Casey? That makes 10. And that makes the, and that makes the world go round. Amen. That's true. Amen. Amen. So, uh, amen. do you even have five movies you like? I mean, I know with you, that's kind of hard. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I've only given ever given two films uh, five stars, uh, and that's uh, that's uh, the next Karate Kid uh, and Monsters Inc. Those are my two <laughs> five star movies. Oh yeah. The, yeah, the next Karate Kid slaps. They should have gone in that direction. Cancel Cobra Kai. Yeah, back. Um, who the fuck was in Hillary the next Swank? Karate? Hillary Swank. Oh my god. Swank, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> she was she's down bad doing fucking uh million dollar baby. Bring her back the real blockbuster franchise. Oh yeah. Now. Definitely. She needs the shit. No. <laughs> um but yeah, I like this idea. I'm excited to do this. It's fun. So, I mean, what in in the life of Casey, if you had to let people know five movies to get to know you, what what would be the first one of those films? Well, the first one of those uh, is a little indie film that I don't think a whole lot of people know about. It's uh, it's the second part in a trilogy of films. Um, it's made by one of my favorite directors, uh, and it's the early 2000s. You might know what movie I'm talking about. Huh. It's Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. Wait, copyright. And also, you tricked yeah. me. You said indie movie, and so I totally got thrown off. <laughs> <laughs> I thought by everything I was saying, uh, everybody was going to be like, okay, he's going to say The Dark Knight, but no, I didn't. I tricked you there. Because Gore, Gore Verbinski is one of my favorite directors. Um, he's uh, He's weird. And I love him. And all of his movies get critically panned. And I'm like, why? These are these are amazing. Um, yeah, you're even a Rango stan, man. I am a Rango stan, uh, definitely. He's, he's, he's just so good. And his Pirates trilogy is amazing. And I think the best one is Dead Man's Chest. Everybody seems to dis-a-fucking-agree with me. But I am standing firm. Dead Man's Chest is a fucking, like... This is a, this is a great movie, and it has everything. It has it has a lot of things that I love. I love pirates. I love the pirate aesthetic. I think there needs to be more pirate movies. They're uh, notoriously horrible at the box office. Nobody seems to like pirates, um, except for when these films came out. Um, and it involves one of my favorite uh, fucking you know. I guess you could make it's either Eldritch Horror or a Cryptid, whichever you know you decide to believe with the the Kraken the Kra the Kraken the Kraken, however you want to say it. I love 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 that creature, and they did it so good. They did him so good with the the sequences where the uh, the Kraken attacks uh, the ship, and then the Black Pearl sequence at the end is fucking amazing. Um, and I love it so much. And there's just so much adventure in the film too. Like it's you know. It's like swashbuckling, you know. It's it's humor, but it's you know this. It's a it's a sprawling like mega adventure. They go to all these different like places and islands, and um, the the story is really cool. I think like Davy Jones, you know, uh, having his heart in a chest. Um, it's just cool. I think it's it's great world building and it's great addition to pirate canon, <laughs> um, and I love it. And I think it's uh, it's yeah, I, yeah, pirates yeah. have been. I feel like uh, Dead Man's Chest also is the is the knockout swing, yeah. Uh, and World's End is where it went off the rails. Like I, I feel like when people yeah. are like, tr trashing the pirate sequels, you know they shouldn't be throwing Dead Man's Chest in there ever. No, like, never. And, 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 and I, I, go ahead. Oh, sorry. What were you gonna say? I, I was gonna say I, I do still enjoy at World's End, but I, I do agree it is probably the weakest one from the from the original trilogy. 
Yeah, I w- and I was going to say, you know, World's End is leagues above Stranger Tides and uh, the other one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dead Men Tell No Tales. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Javier Bardem giving his best performance ever. Right. <laughs> Isn't that what he sounds like? Uh, he's, he's got, like, black blood in his mouth the whole time, right? Yeah, he's like... <laughs> that was a very 2018, 2017, 2019. When did that movie come out? I don't fucking care. <laughs> 2015, I think. Wait, what? That Wait, one? No, it no, it didn't. Uh, no that was way. 2017. It was 2017. 2017. Oh, yeah. right, right. My bad, yeah. SMH, SMH. SMH. And they haven't done another one. That's crazy. Uh, I definitely thought that we would never be rid of pirates in that capacity. Right. I was ready for it, but oh well. You were ready for more? I, I'm ready for more, yeah. Cause You're like, I, beat I just the dead keep, well, Yeah, kind of, because I just keep hoping one of them will be as good as Dead Man's Chest was. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a movie... As crazy and willing to take risks and just as goofy as Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest was. Like, that movie consumed, like, probably four whole years of my life. I just was inhaling just everything about Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, you know. And Dead Man's Chest was just, like, that movie for me. Um, I'm ready for more movies like it. Gore Verbinski, please keep directing films. Yeah, Cure for Wellness 2. Drop it soon, man. <laughs> Please. That's another movie that critics were like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, I don't know, but I love it. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Because, mainly because at the time when I would have watched it, yeah, critics were all like hating on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, me and Luke went and saw it uh, in the theater when it came out. And uh, I just, I don't know. I just, I thought it was, uh, it's it's not like great, but it's. It's good. I liked it. I, I, I honestly recommend you check it out. You might like it. I don't know. I think I will sometime. Don't don't know when, but, you know, oh, yeah. I think I will. Hell yeah. It's definitely one I wouldn't write off. For sure. Uh, What's your I film? Think, your first film? I think film? Uh, my first one, it's going to sound like a shit post, but I'm being dead serious here. Okay. Okay? I'm going to be, I'm being fucking dead serious, Casey. Okay. The Room. <laughs> okay, I can see it. I feel like people need to know that I love this movie because it it represents my love of um, outsider cinema. You know, people who have right. no idea how to fucking make movies, just <laughs> trying it and failing horribly. But I love it. <laughs> I, I I think I've watched The Room uh, more times than most of the movies in my top 10 favorite movies of all time list. And I would, I would probably put the room in my top 10 favorite movies list because it never stops being so fucking funny to me. Okay. I'm addicted to showing this movie to people who haven't had the privilege of seeing it before. And yeah, it's slow. It meanders. It's got terrible acting. It's got the worst sex scenes in all of cinema and terrible <laughs> 90s R&B to score all of it. And when it's not 90s R&B, it's random, like, royalty-free music that he seems to have pulled off the internet. And that's what makes it great. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I, uh, I applaud you for your sincerity here. Yeah, I love it. And I mean... Uh, having read The Disaster Artist, I hate that fucking movie. I hate the movie. <laughs> yeah. But the book, the book gave me a greater appreciation for 
um, the actors who put it on. Uh, and, you know, everyone was pretty much a good sport about being in the worst movie of all time. So right. I, I commend them for it, and uh, I love it. So <laughs> the nice. room, man. The room. The room. Oh, good old The Room. I still haven't watched it all the way through. I, oh, I just... I'm going to try and fix that this year, Casey. I, <laughs> I want to have like a big proper get-together, you know, get the get plastic spoons to throw at the screen when the framed pictures of the spoons are in his apartment. And, mm-hmm. you know, you got to send people to a certain corner of the screen when he waves. Like, I want to do it all. Maybe even dress up. <laughs> Everyone has to be a character. <laughs> okay. I, I look forward to that. Indeed, indeed. You don't indeed. have to dress up, baby. It's okay. You're the exemption. Okay. I'll be the football that they toss back and forth on the roof. There you go. <laughs> they toss it around in a lot of other locales, too. You're, you're going to be excited to see where else it gets tossed. <laughs> Just keep watching. They're going to toss it again. Just <laughs> Okay. That Okay. I think for that scene alone where they all get dressed up in tuxedos and you're like, what are they doing? Uh-huh. And then they get together and they start... <laughs> <laughs> throwing the football around and then it's over. That was the whole purpose of them getting dressed up in tuxedos. That's my favorite scene at all of cinema. <laughs> nice, nice. What's your oh, What's your next movie, Casey? Um, next my movie? next movie is honestly it's a treasure. It is um probably my favorite movie with Kevin Bacon. Uh, it was a straight to DVD. Uh, B-movie creature feature that got so fucking popular that they're still making them. And I haven't watched any of the newer ones, but the first four uh, were some of me and my family's favorite movies to watch together. Um, And it's Tremors. Um, Tremors is so much fucking fun. And it really, it's kind of like the start of my like passion for like creature features. Uh, like, just movies about, you know, I mean, exactly what it is. Just, like, creatures. Like, you know, big-ass animals or big-ass, like, alien shits terrorizing people. Um, Tremors is fucking awesome. Uh, and I... Uh, have you seen it? I've never seen Tremors, but uh, I want to real bad. It looks like a wonderful time. <laughs> it, it, it is. Uh, we're going to fix that this year, Isaac. You're going you're gonna to watch Tremors. Tremors is... Oh, it's so it's so fun. It's just you'll never find a more fun movie. Like, and it's not even that it, it's not even bad. Honestly, like most straight to DVD films are like, what the fuck? But like, honestly, it's I don't think it's a bad movie. I think it it gets it gets lumped in with a bunch of movies that are like this movie's bad, but also you love it. It's got a cult following. Like, yeah, it has a cult following. But if you actually watch the movie, it's not a bad movie. Like, the script is is pretty good. Some of the acting may be hammed up. Fucking Reba McIntyre's in this thing. It, oh, it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. But, but it's awesome. Uh, and it's it's not like, Anaconda. It's not Anaconda. Which Anaconda's almost ended up on this list. Let me just say. <laughs> Tremors and, and, and Anaconda being like the bad one, the kind of the, the bad movie that we love. Honestly, don't think Tremors is honestly bad. I think it's good. I think it's great, uh, and it's very original. And it's also got this western aesthetic. Like it's that just makes me love it even more. You know, it's a creature feature that's like a, a, a western almost, and it's got these wonderful, weird cast of characters. Um, I don't know. I think it's I think it's great. 
that I, I I'm sold, man. I want to I want to see it immediately. And, and knowing uh, how important it is to you. I mean, baby, I want to do right by you. I want you to fix me. Show me. <laughs> I, I will. I can fix him. <laughs> <laughs> Says man who is far worse. <laughs> Just kidding. True. No, but yeah, that, that's that's my next pick. What's your next pick? Okay, baby. Okay, you want to know my next pick? I do. Are you sure you want to know? I think so. Okay, well, I want to tell you, I just have to... Yeah, to be honest, I told Casey last night to get ten movies together, and now I'm having a hard time cutting it down to five. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to be staunch about this. Okay. I, I'd say the, the, the next quintessential Isaac film is probably Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Okay. Um, it's not even my favorite Wright movie, but it's close, you know. Uh-huh. I just love this style of comedy, you know, visually uh, stunning, lots of just like the amount of gags in this movie like, I don't think it has any room to fail, because if you don't think one joke's funny, there's another joke coming up that is just as funny. Um, this or Hot Rod was going to be my big example of comedies like this that I just really love. And, um, yeah, right. I, I, I fucking I, I think I've seen it like 10 times. Just a, a wonderful tribute to nerd culture, too. I love movies that have lots of smart references to nerd culture I, yeah. I, I definitely don't care for like sloppy like shitty like oh that's a thing that existed like oh what am i trying to think of space jam like right. space jam a new legacy that's not at all what i mean when i when i'm saying like i love reference humor but i do love scott pilgrim versus the world where they emulate that style but they don't mm-hmm. directly you know like they emulate a lot of video game styles in this movie and a lot of movie styles but they never directly take the thing, show it to you, and go laugh because you remember that. Like, right, the, right. The the only instance in this movie where they do that, I think, is with Zelda. But even that, it, it's tasteful. Like they use that musical cue because it fits the scene with Ramona walking through like the school hallway. And I, I don't know. I just fucking love this movie so much. And I think if I were to introduce people to Edgar Wright or or just like fun comedies like this. I, I, I think Scott Pilgrim versus the world. You can't go wrong showing it to people. Um, I, it's yeah. very dear to me. I agree. Uh, it was my first, wait, no, it wasn't. Uh, it was my second Edgar Wright film I ever watched. What was your first? Uh, my first was, um, I believe it was uh, Sean. No, it was uh, Hot Fuzz. That was nice. the first one. Uh, that was my first Edgar Wright exposure. Was Hot Fuzz? That's my favorite. I love yeah. Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz. It's. Fu- I rewatched it not too long ago. It's so fucking good. And so is Scott Pilgrim too. Honestly, I love Scott Pilgrim as well. No, it was it was a hard choice between Hot Fuzz or Scott Pilgrim because I I've watched them both like maybe ten times. Uh, yeah, and I never get tired of them. You know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What's a what? What's one of yours, though, man? Um, let me see here. I I too, like you, am having a hard time cutting this down, but um, I think I've got it. Um, yeah. So my next film is um a little old film by the great Steven Soderbergh. <gasps> um, and if you know me, you know I like heists. 
and this may not be the film you think I'm going to say. It was almost that film, but it's not. I'm talking about Logan Lucky. Oh, really? Yes. This movie has quickly become one of my favorite movies to rewatch. I believe I've seen it like three times now. Um, first time I watched it was in the theater, and I didn't know what to think about it. I knew I liked it. I knew because, you know, it's a heist film. I love heists, uh, like heist movies, like Ocean's Eleven, obviously. That's one of my favorites. But there was something about Logan Lucky that was just so, like, interesting and, like, different, especially Daniel Craig being in this in this thing as, like, a southern, doing like a southern accent. Um, it, was, it was amazing. Adam Driver, you know, Channing Tatum um, – and this weird, you know, a, a really weird stuff happens in this movie. And it's just a, a really funny movie as well. And I think the script is super tight. But after I watched it, you know, the second and third time, I was like, no, this is like the quintessential heist movie for me. Um, and it's it hits all the bright beats that I think, you know, that I... It's like the movie is like the kind of screenplays that I want to write is like this movie. Um and I got crimes. Got a lot of inspiration from films like Logan Lucky as well. Really, Logan Logan Lucky was a huge inspiration for Crimes of Good Intentions. Yeah, um, uh, mainly. Like, I mean, actually, you can see it a lot. Like just with the cast. Um, maybe not the not the setting and everything. Like it's a super you know southern film kind of. Like it's got this. Uh, it's you know, it's about it's like half heist film, half like race car movie almost. Um, but it's it's good. I love I love Logan Lucky. Yeah, I I mean, I want to rewatch it now. I, uh, <laughs> I I I don't remember loving it when I saw it, and to be honest, I can really only remember that Daniel Craig's southern accent in this movie is pretty great. And, right. Uh, the prisoners are like waiting for uh, Winds of Winter to come out. The the six game of yeah. book. I thought that <laughs> plot line was really funny. Um. Did take a look at the writer of this movie. This is her only movie that she's written. Oh, Isn't Rebecca Blunt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, and her real name's Jules Asner. Uh, and she has a really bizarre career. Bef- really? Besides acting in Logan Lucky, uh, she directed some random movie in the 80s, uh, starred as herself in like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and then wrote logan lucky <laughs> what the crap like, yeah i'm like who are you how do you what <laughs> that's crazy uh, yeah but uh I'll, I'll definitely rewatch logan lucky sometime uh and now i am starting to see how it could have influenced crimes of good intentions like, yeah damn for sure yeah i love it it's great i'll give it another chance for you baby Oh, thank you. (laughs) You're too generous. (laughs) What's your next one? Oh, I think my next one. Okay, I could pick. I'm a strong lad. Do it. I... I gotta throw Empire Strikes Back in there. You know, I was gonna be all proud and not throw Star Wars in there or whatever, but that's (laughs) denying who I am. I love the original trilogy so much. Um, Oh, yeah. And Empire's my favorite 
I mean, not just because people tell you it should be your favorite, but like, I mean, really, there isn't a Star Wars film as brilliantly plotted, as wonderfully thrilling, or as just engaging as Empire Strikes Back. I mean, really, it just feels like even if there weren't Return of the Jedi, you could look at the character arcs in this movie and still be impressed because all of the characters come out of this movie different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they all start in very distinct... I, I think I just think Empire Strikes Back is the best example of the hero's journey um, you can bring up. Uh, yeah, yeah. Even though it doesn't get all the way through the hero's journey, I think it explores the most interesting stages of that kind of storytelling. Um, and I, I just, I love it. As a, as a traditional storyteller, I think George Lucas really shines here. And I mean, obviously he had Lawrence Kasdan to help him out. Maybe Mm -hmm. that guy was carrying a lot more weight than we initially realized now that the prequels have happened. But also Lawrence Kasdan wrote Solo, so uh, who knows? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) True. Yeah, I mean, Um, I agree, though. The Empire Strikes Back is, it is like the quintessential for like that type of story for the, you know, the, um, well, I just lost it, the journey, the, uh, the hero's journey. And it is very yeah. a very engaging film. One of the best plot twists of all time. And I mean, I, I guess I've kind of neglected to mention how it applies to me, but I really just love science fiction in all forms. Like, right. you know, this could have easily been like Blade Runner 2049 or, mm-hmm. or uh, crap, why am I struggling to think of science fiction movies I love? Or like Alien or something like that. Right. But I, I, I feel like Star Wars is the great gateway drug into all of science fiction and therefore this is true I, this is my representative on this list heck yeah do you uh do you have a a big old representative of a big old portion of you or are you just feeling like a uh, you just feeling like a darn fool and you only brought four movies to <laughs> talk about no i do i actually do have a, a big representer of one of my favorite genres um <gasps> and yeah. yeah it's the western genre and oh, I hope you say one of the movies I had to leave off. Uh, I'm probably not going to. Damn it! Because uh, technically, okay, so technically, it's not a movie; it's a miniseries. But my family, when I watched this with my family, we watched it like it was a movie. Like we owned the the VHS tapes of it, and so I just thought it was one big ass long six hour movie. Um, and that's Lonesome Dove. Okay, yeah, uh, that was not what I left off. <laughs> <laughs> what you? I'm curious. What'd you leave off? Fistful of dollars. Oh, I almost put that on here. I'm not gonna lie. Lonesome Dove. Oh my god, it has got insane critical acclaim, man. Oh yeah, dude. Well, yeah. I've never heard of this though. Really? Not it's, not even once, dude. Okay, so it's it's like star studded. We got Robert Duvall, Tommy Lee Jones, Diane Lane, uh, Danny Glover's in here. Steve Buscemi is in here. Okay. It's just, it's stacked. And the cast is honestly the best part of this, this, I'm going to call it a film just cause I know it as a film, but it's a mini series, but it's the best part of this film. Um, I think it, it represents, um, my love I, it's going to be my representer for my love of the western um it's probably one of the it, it's cited as like one of the great greatest western novels uh ever made it's adapted from 
uh, Larry McMurdy's book of the same name. Um, and it is just insane how well the characters in this are written. Um, and like the production design on this thing is, is staggering. It's, you know, I, I still can't get over that Robert Duvall and Tommy Lee Jones are in the same film together. Uh, and it's this fucking good. Um, they do such a great job uh, with everything. The this the book it's adapted almost word for word from the book, which is why I think it's so good because the book is so good. Um, or look, they say it's so good. I haven't I haven't gotten to read the book, um, but it is on my reading list. It's just so fucking big. It's a huge book. Um, it's a daunting read, and honestly, if you're coming into this thing, it's kind of a daunting watch because it's split into four parts, and each part is uh, an hour and a half long. Um, but if you ever get the time, just please watch Lonesome Dove. It is, it is so 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 fucking good. Um, it's probably the best. It's like, it's like probably one of the best miniseries as well. Like, obviously they couldn't condense it down to two and a half hours for a movie. I wouldn't want them to because it's perfect as is. Um, and it's, yeah, it's like, if anybody asks me like, what got you into Westerns? Uh, Lonesome Dove did Lonesome Dove and this other movie called Young Guns, but I've talked about Young Guns before. Um, but I would say Lonesome Dove is like actually good. Whereas Young Guns is kind of like bad, but I love it. No, Lonesome Dove is a masterpiece. Fuck yeah, man. I, um, I'm just read about it and I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm just so upset. I've never heard of it before. I feel I feel tricked. <laughs> I feel like the Western gods have forsaken me. <laughs> I love their genre too. I don't know what I did wrong. You can trace a lot of the interest uh, in like the like the later um, revival kind of of the Western um, in the late '80s to early in the to the '90s uh, can be traced back to Lonesome Dove coming out. Uh, it generated uh, audiences kind of like interest in westerns again. Um, and that was like, it's not, I don't necessarily think it's a reconstruction. It's like part of the reconstruction era of Westerns. Um, but it's definitely got a lot more nuance than older Westerns. Does that make sense? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it, it just brought in the, the thought to Westerns, you know, you don't right. see the flashy spaghetti Westerns anymore in large part because of this movie, you know, questioning that life or not movie miniseries, questioning mm-hmm. that lifestyle and bringing more nuance to it. I, I, I see what you're trying to say, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah, it's good. I highly recommend everybody try to give it a watch. Um, cause it's, it's, Oh, it's so entertaining too. Like it's, it's not even boring at all. Like it is so fucking entertaining. You will not want to turn it off. I'm due for a rewatch. Honestly, that's fucking awesome, man. Yeah. I, uh, I'll, I'll check it out. It's definitely on my watch list now. Fuck yeah, man. What's what's your fourth film? My fourth film. I, uh... I'm gonna have to go with... Mulan. I, uh, ah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't have any other animation representation on here. This was really hard. I almost picked, like, uh... I almost picked Spirited Away, or... Mm-hmm. something akin to that or like in end of evangelion because i do love anime uh but mulan is just one of the most near and dear films to my heart i mean it's definitely not um 
the most thought provoking movie ever made or anything, but I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen it so many times and it's really important in my family. Uh, it's, it, it kind of gives you a glimpse into the soft spot I have for the Disney Renaissance, especially, um, anything from the nineties, pretty much from Disney is beloved in my household and in my family. And I, I just really, uh, I, I think animation was so fine back then. I just really like that the 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 apex of two D animation is what I'll call it because like mm-hmm. they did so much crazy shit in the nineties, <laughs> right? Lion and with Lion King too, like yeah, I I just love that era of filmmaking, and I just love animation, and and I'd be remiss if I didn't bring it up, you know that. Uh, animation is just such an impressive art form and i i don't think i would ever be talented in 10 i would i would never be talented enough in 10 lifetimes if i studied the craft like mm-hmm. the to see this shit that people pull off is just incredible to me and i oh yeah yeah definitely i, I don't know if mulan represents the apex of animation but you know it's, yeah. it's what does it for me for I you yeah <laughs> for sure i definitely remember watching it when i was younger um and the uh, the fighting sequences are so so cool. Have you seen it recently? I haven't. No, not in recent years. So you should know the song "Slap" too, Dan. Uh, yeah, true. The songs do. I only know. I only remember. Actually, I don't remember any of them. I know that you don't remember. Be a band. You must be swift as a copyright. Uh, the, is that, yeah, no, that's the one. Um, Maybe I'm confusing it with another one, but there is one song I know that has gotten revival because uh, I think people use it on. I saw some videos where people use it on TikTok a couple times. Is it Reflection? The possibly one where she's sitting. You know who is that girl I see staring straight? Yes, yes, it's that, that one. Me? That one's great too. One of the great all-time ballads really yeah i fucking love well and maybe that's another aspect of mulan i really like is that it's a musical sometimes uh and i just (laughs) really like disney animated musicals too Mm -hmm. like i just have such a soft spot for most of them that come out like honestly when a disney movie sucks it's usually a uh it's usually you know straight storytelling no songs or anything or, yeah, you know, a, a, a strong lack of songs. For sure, for sure. What's a what's another? Well, or I guess what's your last movie oh, that God, represents yeah. you, bro? I didn't realize we were here. Um, yeah, my last one. Um, you kind of called me out earlier. You mentioned it uh, <laughs> when I was talking about <laughs> Gore Verbinski. Um, I would say Rango is that is that one movie um, that I identify with heavily, um, specifically like the main character of Rango. Um, I love. I remember when I saw it. Um, it came out in 20, 2011, So it was. Oh by golly, it was uh, ten years ago. I saw it in the theater, and I thought, why? Yeah, I thought. You know, I really, I really like this, this, this Rango character here. I kind of, I kind of uh, see where he's coming from here, and uh, it's also like rooted in like Western, you know, mythology. It, it, like it is a Western. It's a, it's an animated Western, which is like awesome. But it's also it's 3D animated, um, and I think the, I remember a lot of people saying the animation in Rango was like really bad, but I don't get 
that argument at all. I think it's pretty fucking good. Um, I don't know. I'm not a, as akin to you know animation as maybe some other people are, so my opinion may be invalid from that. But I think Rango is is really well animated, and I think it's got a really kick-ass story. It is it's weird. It is really weird. Um, but I love 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 the just the story. I love the screenplay. Um, and I love the characters. Uh, I think Johnny Depp as Rango is a perfect voice casting. Um, Gore Verbinski, he just he makes some really interesting films, and I think Rango is is one of his best um, that he's ever made. And I would say if anybody was like uh, exactly what this list is, how can I get to know you better? Watch Rango, bro. That's Rango is just me. <laughs> I love Rango. I'd- I did feel your energy when I was watching it. I was like, Casey's in this room. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> Ironically, I don't think you were in that room, but it, there were a lot of people there because we yeah, were watching yeah. it. <laughs> I do remember. But it was at your it. house without you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do remember. I t- well, was I at work or something? You must have been. Yeah. I, I, I don't see why else there would be Rango on without you. Right. Yeah. Should have. Yeah, I should have been there. Important yeah. cultural milestone, <laughs> right? Rango. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That's that's my. I love Rango. Watch Rango if you haven't, bro. Rango's fucking badass. I love it. But uh, what is your top film? I. Uh, oh, not my top. No, not your top. Oh, no. But your, your... Oh no. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. That's so much pressure, babe. I was <laughs> I was about to have to revise my whole list again. Um, I would say my top would have to be <sighs> not my top. Sorry, just <laughs> one of those essentials. Yeah, Truman Show. Oh hell yeah! I've I've I fucks with Truman Show. I think Peter Weir is just one of the most like underrated like directors out there. Like man made. Um, Dead Poet Society and Truman Show both. He made that mm-hmm. Jeff Bridges movie, Fearless, which is also really good, and people should watch that. Um, mm-hmm. I just I love this director. I love Andrew Nichols as a screenwriter most of the time, and I just love movies like this that um, take thought-provoking ideas, things that you know we don't f- know for certain, like that our lives could all be like a simulation, you know. And they engage with it in such a humorous and honestly prescient way. Like the mm-hmm. fact that the Truman Show kind of predicted reality television a little bit. Because um, I would say it was much classier the way it was portrayed in Truman Show. Right. Um, I just, I, I fucks with that so much. And also it's just such a delightful movie to me. Like I never get bored of watching it and I don't know what it is about it like. Maybe it's Jim Carrey's like really great performance. Maybe it's the way all of the actors are doubly acting, like they're acting <laughs> yeah. like they're actors, and then they turn it off like in another moment. Like Laura Lenny is definitely giving like an Oscar-worthy performance here because mm-hmm. she is in an ad one moment, and then she's in character, and then she's out of character, and her character is trying to cover for herself in character. It's like amazing. It's like ah. I love that aspect of it, and I never get tired of, like, watching it with, like, you know, new details in mind every time. Right. And there's so many, like, little background props that 
add to it. Like there's a poster at the travel agency that says this could happen to you. And it's like an airplane <laughs> getting snapped in half like, yeah, yeah. by lightning. There's just so many little touches in this movie um, that I love. And it's very dear to me. And I would never, I would never say no to someone wanting to watch it. In fact, last right. year I found myself in a position of watching it only four days apart. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I watched it with one group of friends and then Luke was like, I've never seen it. And I was like, okay, time to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember, I remember him telling me how much he loved it. Um, and I know you've mentioned how much you loved it as well. Um, and, uh, have you seen it? Yeah. 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 I've seen it. I've okay, seen it good, a good, couple. Good, I've good. seen it a couple times. Yeah. Good, it's great. Good shit, man. Hey, it is. I, it was actually recommended to me by my friend Devin, who had watched it, and he was like, bro, I love this movie, and I know you will too. Please watch it. So I was like, okay. And I was like, wow, you were very fucking correct. This movie is amazing. <laughs> I, you know, this might be controversial. I'd say this is a much more accessible movie than The Matrix for, like, people who are trying to get into, like, you know, f- philosophical ideas about, like, what's real and what's not, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. And I think it's a, it's a better time with the family too. Why is that man <laughs> shooting up those nice police officers at the <laughs> building? Right. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. It's man, uh, no Criterion's for uh, well, maybe is the room in the Criterion collection yet? <laughs> no, uh, should be. Let me see. I, no, no Criterion's for us. Um, not even on my. Full top ten list. I don't think. Well, maybe is Whiplash in the Criterion? Uh, probably. Well, if it isn't, it probably will be in yeah. the future. I I um I have Parasite as one that I almost brought up, and I feel like if that's or or Fargo. Oh, no, yeah. oh, probably Life Aquatic is in there. Oh yeah, because they. I feel like a Wes Anderson movie comes out, they give it about two months, and they're like, it's in there. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. But I like that. You know, I like that the, the like, cinephile uh, in us is there for sure. But we're not snobs, you know? We like yeah, what we like. Exactly. And, and Gore Verbinski, for example, you know, mm-hmm. it's never been, like, a critical darling. Mm-mm. And I and I love that you love him. And I yeah. love hearing about that, man. I know. Thank you. I, I love I love hearing your your uh, your takes as well. Hey, I gave you Tommy, Tommy Wiseau. Essentially That's the true. easiest target for (laughs) critics ever (laughs) (laughs) that's that's very true i i was always uh uh what's the word confused um when you brought up the room as you saying that you loved it i could never tell if you were being uh sarcastic or not but uh now i know now i know yeah I, i guess i guess i um i feel like people could walk away from this episode and be like is there a level of snarkiness or or sarcasm here and i i mean i just you know i'll acknowledge it's terrible mm-hmm. and maybe that makes me sound like insincere but like i think if you love something you know you love it despite its flaws and i love the room because of its flaws which makes me True. super love <laughs> and super, super love. love is real <laughs> <laughs> go yeah. out and find the person who makes you in super love okay hell yeah yeah, I, yeah. Everybody should know we're not being sarcastic about any of these films. We've never been sarcastic once in our goddamn lives. Uh, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> never. Never. Ever. ever.
ever. Wait, holy shit, Casey, do you see who that is outside the window? Oh shit, who is that? I oh. see him, but hey, I'm I'm that I'm the guy with the gun, and now I've got tentacles because of butterfly effect shit. Oh shit, Casey, he's got he's got tentacles now. Get down. Okay, I'm I, getting down. You 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 don't know who this man is, but. Every 39 minutes and 11 seconds he's been coming on our podcast and he's been shooting. And I went back in time and I tried to stop him. But clearly some kind of butterfly effect thing has given him tentacles. He's just too strong. We're going to have to go back in time and you're going to have to let him shoot the gun. Stop me from stopping him. Casey, here's my time traveler. Okay. Go. Now. Isaac, there's no time to explain. I have to kill you. Wait, no, there's a man outside with a gun in his- wait, what? I know. So yeah, that's our list for today, guys. Uh, thanks, Casey, for having me on again. Uh, the Muppets are always very happy to, uh, come on the pod, you know? Uh, I'm sorry that your co-host, uh... <laughs> wait, sorry, I'm sorry that your co-host, <laughs> Joe Rogan, <laughs> <could> <laughs> couldn't be in today you know what with COVID-20 going on and everything but you know <laughs> life Shit. happens I gotta go back <laughs> <laughs>